Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's lovely to be here with you today. Lovely to have you here with me and lovely to have King Charles joining us as well uh, at some point. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I, he's asked me and I just said, you know, we'll figure it out. Uh, we need to resolve a lot of the issues. But uh, hey, um, it's all right. That's that's another less important conversation for another day. But we've got important stuff to talk about here because the first thing I want to address is Have you had a day where you wake up or not even in the morning, but a thought at some point in the day where you just go, hmm, maybe I've got it wrong. And then you just go, what the fuck? Because a lot of our time is spent thinking about the way we think about other people or maybe about ourselves or about the world uh, and how we look at it, how we function and a lot of the noise comes from there. Like um, a lot of the effort we make is not to be so affected, not to be so influenced by it, not to be so caught up in it and not to get um, and not to react to it, I think, because uh, a lot of the social conditioning comes from the 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 people that you are surrounded by and the people that you then immerse yourself with and then as a result those conversations those thought processes and all those things start influencing you and the next thing you know you're in this big jam where you're trying to manage your emotions you're trying to understand what you are how you feel about things without kind of going over the top and getting completely bent out of shape and next thing you know you go to a therapist and I don't know how I feel like this because I really don't know my feelings so it's quite a important thing to kind of take stock of who you are and uh, understand step by step how you view the world but a lot of us before we know it we're too kind of caught up and set in our ways and old enough to have too many things in the ba- in, in, in the shopping basket, in the bin, if you want to call it. And, and then we have to take out a lot of shit before we can start adding the stuff that we want. And that's, I think, quite, uh, quite common for a lot of people uh, because I think we kind of live uh, very, I wouldn't say mindlessly, but we kind of just go about things uh, without really understanding why we're doing it without understanding why we want to do those things and who really is telling us or putting these things in our head, whether it's the way we think, whether it's the thoughts we have, whether it's the perspectives we share and the the views we have. Yeah, so I think these are very important things to start young and kind of keep the basket as empty as possible because there's also this idea that the more you have in your basket, in your shopping in your shopping basket, in your bin, the more you're seen as someone who's lived more. And that may be the case, but I think that is kind of also looked at in a wrong way because it's kind of like seen as the person who's got a lot more shit is the person who's a lot more successful. But the person who basically um, has figured out a way in which he or she can navigate this world where they keep composure, they keep their kind of self value worth without being too bent out of shape is the person who's actually uh, come out the other end a lot more um, I think sorted so does more mean better does more information more knowledge because what do you do with all that shit in your basket right it's like buying a whole lot of crap because it's on sale it's on like clearance and the next thing you're like you know what None of this shit really matters, but you don't realize it. But a person who has two or three things that they really 
uh, want and they really know how to use and they really uh, it really helps them and really makes their life better i think that person has got it sorted so yeah that's my i don't know what it is but that's what led me to believe uh, that statement which i set up top which is sometimes it's just good to say fuck do have i got it completely wrong do i know what i'm talking about does it really matter do i have to really take my views and my values and my perspective that seriously because you know what maybe i've got it all wrong because uh, i was asked to do this talk last week where it was for social entrepreneurs in bangalore and these are people from i think maharashtra who are helping uh, people in the rural sector make sense of how to cope with this growing economy with this development that they're facing without being obsolete outdated and how to remain relevant with the things that they know without becoming kind of uh, subject to all these big forces that kind of sweep them away and as a result and I'm meeting, meeting meeting a lady who's helping uh, these ladies in a small village keep their knowledge of recipes passed on by their ancestors by people who've gone past them and not gone past but people who've gone by and how to kind of use that to make a business model that is sustainable and that helps them use what they know and bring it to a market that will appreciate it and another person who's using uh, certain uh, ingredients that are in that region uh, to kind of create products that can be brought to market without middlemen exploiting these people and another person who's doing uh, things with gifting where he allows uh, I mean, he doesn't allow them I think that but it creates an opportunity where these women especially in this situation can uh, make uh, things which can be considered as gifts and then sold to people who want to buy these gifts but it allows them to work from home it allows them to live their life and not really up and move into a profession or get skilled in a certain program it basically what they have they can use at immediately without any delay and that way earn money and also have some sense of standing on their own two feet so it's quite interesting but the thing that happened was i was asked, asked to do this session and i become a speaker guys oh my god and the person who's introducing me on stage uh, said these things. He said, I don't know something very well, blah, blah, blah. And he said, we met recently, which we had. And then he read out a few things off the internet, which basically, you know, I, I, what I did before stand-up, a little bit about how I got into stand-up, a little bit about my stint in radio. But one thing he said was, oh, I read this about Sandeep in an article where it said when he got into stand-up, his options were quite limited because it was either stand-up or suicide. And for a second, I was like, who the fuck is he talking about? Because... I've never said that. You know, what I probably said is, and this is not probably, I probably said it as a joke going, man, I'm really glad I found stand-up. This is some article, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure what it was, where, as I said, yeah, because I really realized that I'm not really good at too many things. And if it wasn't stand-up, I'd probably kill myself. Um, Or something to that effect in a very non-killing myself way. But, the way things are taken now, because I probably just said those words, but it's like, oh, it was either stand-up or suicide. And someone asked me a question, why did you contemplate suicide? I'm like, dude, I really didn't. And now these things have become such key words where people want to hear that because they feel so alone and maybe they're going through it. Or the other extreme is where they're just like, ooh, some sensational stuff is going on in this guy's life. He's pretty fucked up and let's find out what his fucked upness is because that way, I don't know if they feel sympathy or they feel that their life is better or... They want to know more about the topic. So it's crazy that this has become a lead-in in in an introduction to a conversation about how to kind of figure out what you want to do with your life and how to work in the social entrepreneurship space. I found that a bit weird. And just for the record, I haven't, or 
ever will uh, want to kill myself. And I don't think so. <clears throat> anyway, speaking of all these lovely things, I have a fantastic guest lined up for you today, Tom Isaka. He will do a lot of fantastic things on this podcast. <laughs> he, he He's a really fun guy. Uh, we had actually quite a lovely chat which started out about his area of expertise and what he helps people with but it went all over the place as a result because the topics that we covered kind of are relevant with everything that you and I and I'm pretty sure if you live in a moderately large city you are going through this or experiencing it or someone you know is going through this so it was really fun um, kind of sharing my views and getting his views on these things that I kind of you know think about a lot and he's a person who helps people live consciously to make sense of what they want in life and just as i said earlier it's it's figuring out what you have the things that you appreciate in yourself and making a point to actually look at those things and find those things as opposed to constantly being torn in different directions by what others think of you others what others tell you that you're good at what others uh tell you that you should aspire to be and take stock basically of where you are, what you are, what you appreciate in life. And as a result, how do you live consciously? Because we've heard this term and Tom helps me. And as a result, hopefully helps you kind of navigate this conversation around conscious living and uh, kind of facing the world on your own terms. So it's really fun. And Tom did, a, did, did me the pleasure of answering a lot of the questions and a lot of my vague notions of questions and i really appreciate that tom if you're listening thank you and we talk about the thing that a lot of us are being subject to which is influence so without further ado here's a conversation with tom asaka thank you tom if you're listening and for all of you hey as always i appreciate it thanks for tuning in every week until the next episode take care of yourselves goodbye god bless cheers Tom Asaka, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Appreciate you being here today. Sandeep, thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm really excited because the the word that I want to start our conversation with today is something that is so um you hear you hear it all over the place. You hear it from everyone, you hear it in 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 searches and the the idea of influence, right? Um and it's such a popular word, but it's also such a powerful word if applied in the context. Because if, if, you, if you observe everything going on, um, especially with the age of information, with the age of manipulation, with the age of perception, influence seems to be um, in some way decentralizing as well from earlier where you just have your religious institutions to your political institutions to your more smaller units of family. Now it seems that influence is in many spheres and in various levels of intensity and also magnitude. So in in this context of where we are today, um, how does one uh, become the influencer and how does one become the influenced? Mm. Yeah, that's a very, very deep question. <laughs> so influence has been the same uh, forever. How I like to look at it is... Um, human beings have desires 
and they're looking to fulfill those desires, whatever they happen to be. And what they do is in any environment, they use their perceptions in order to try to determine whether they should approach something because that thing, that that product, that service, that person, that organization, whatever it is, can, could perhaps fulfill that desire, that feeling that they're looking for. So mm-hmm. how, how people uh, get influenced and how they influence is to understand what people's feelings and perceptions and desires are and then draw them into that experience and then give them the experience that gives them the feeling that they're looking for. And if you do that well, they'll do it again. Now, what's important for people, the individuals in, in, in an environment, is to understand that that's what's going on. Mm. This is the process that's happening. Someone has tapped into what your desires are. Either they understand what your past behaviors are, so they're, they're trying to make, they're trying to intuit what your desires are from that. Uh, you've been overt with your desires, and they've figured it out, and they're and they're actually. Huh, it, it's I hate to phrase it like this because because it it sounds aggressive, but it's true. It's similar to someone setting a trap for an animal. Is huh. is that they is that they they say okay, what will draw this particular animal towards the trap? What type what type of food? What type of looking feel? And then they draw the the animal towards the trap. And then when the animal approaches the trap they have to make sure that the animal maintains the sense that it has control because if it's like a box that the animal has to walk into the animal might say no i'm not walking into that box Mm. so they have to maintain control the difference at the end of this is in order to get the animal to come back over and over again you have to give them something that they want and show them how to come back and get it Mm -hmm. so but you you are in essence trapping people in a pattern pattern of behavior in a belief in that particular thing so that they come back to it over and over and over again. So to some extent, there is, while it is a form of baiting the person to come back, it's also a form, uh, I mean, if you can look at the negative side is baiting into this trap, but maybe the positive, I don't know if it's positive, but maybe it's also a sense of you have to develop their trust, right? If there's no trust, they're not going to come back. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, Mm -hmm. The, the best thing that can happen is if both parties to this process, to this dance, understand what's happening. If they're both conscious of I'm doing this and you are doing this to benefit. So we're, we're both benefiting from this dance, from this transaction. And if we both understand what's happening, then I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's all good if we, if we understand that. However, if someone has information that, oh, by the way, yes, I'm trapping you into this dance, into this behavior pattern, and I know that it's going to be detrimental to you long term, or I know that it's detrimental to the environment, but I'm not telling you about, about these things that are happening. Mm. So it, it's it's understanding what exactly what's happening in this dance, and if we all agree to it, then then it's a beautiful dance. 
And you know, the strange thing is, of course, the the spheres of influence have changed, right? From the traditional to, and as you said, it's been around for thousands of years in all, in all forms of society it's existed. But if we look at it now where it's more fragmented and there are more opportunities for people being individuals to kind of gather their own uh, realm, if you want to call it, of influence where they can kind of spread their message. Let's take, for example, someone like Andrew Tate, right, who's big in the media uh, past few months and he sort of developed his own kind of philosophy, his university, if you want to call it, his teaching for boys who feel disenfranchised. So what happens as a result? Like, I just want to tie that into something else I read the other day with, uh, you know, the, the whole um, um, the Sam Bankman-Fried and the FTX thing and how right. they endorsed, uh, got celebrities to endorse his, um, the, 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 the product. And how people bought into that. And the thing I'm getting to is what you are really good at talking about, which is this idea of brand, right? Uh, because earlier it would be the church or it would be a, a um, the local mosque or, or, the, the, or a particular chapter of a certain community that would be maybe the, the group, the rotary group or whatever it may be, right? But now the possibility for like an individual like Andrew Tate or celebrities to sort of ask people to buy in to their name saying, come on board with me because I trust it. So how, how can um, this kind of go forward? Because there is a lot of trust, but it's clearly showing that that trust is being um, dishonored in some way, right? When uh, people like Tom Brady is at FDX saying, I, th I think it's Tom Brady, I could be wrong, but saying buy this coin or whatever. And then next thing the whole thing goes bust and shows to be a huge scam. Um, what, what does it indicate with uh, the... The, the place we are right now, the time we are with influence and it becoming much more micro-individualistic influence? Mm, yeah. Well, a few things. Uh, one is that what attracts people, in, in the past, we didn't have, like you, like you mentioned, this fragmentation, this ability through the internet to, to have exposure to all kinds of different influencers personalities, brands. Mm. So, so when we think about it now as a, let's use the animal metaphor again. So yeah. in, in, in the past, people would say, okay, what do quote unquote consumers want and how do we appeal to this huge mass of people? Mm. And then they would develop some character uh, to try to appeal to them through uh, Tony the Tiger or, you know, some kind of crazy cartoon character where people would have a feeling towards it and mm. it would draw them to the packaging and to the product. Now you're able to take that huge group of people and narrow it way down and to say, OK, what is this particular group of people attracted to? Mm. And by the way, these celebrities are similar to these cartoon characters in that we develop a feeling towards them. We don't know who that, who these people are at all. Yeah. 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 Right. All we know is what we, is what they portray to us. And we develop what they call a parasocial relationship with them. We actually feel that we know them because mm. we see so much of them in, in, in a particular medium that we feel that we know them. And so that therefore we develop a trust there's, there's a concept called um, the mere exposure effect. In essence, what the mere exposure effect says is, 
if I see this thing, whatever it happens to be, over and over and over again, I develop a liking and a trust for it. And it's and then they're not sure exactly why this happens, but it's probably because it is now not threatening. If I've seen it over and over and over again, it means that number one, other people must be seeing it because if it's popular, that's why I'm seeing it. And then I can trust it because otherwise, why would all of these, for example, political signs, a lot of people don't even realize that, that a lot of our politicians, they get elected here in the United States because they put more signs with their names out on the road than other politicians do. And so people mm. see these signs and they become familiar with them. And then when they go in to vote and they're reading who to vote for on the ballot, they say, oh, yeah, that, that name is familiar. I like that. So familiarity breeds that liking, which breeds a trust. And like I said, people, it's up to people to realize that Tom Brady doesn't know anything about Bitcoin, right? <laughs> that he's, he's doing this in order to probably make some advertising money. He probably thinks he knows something about Bitcoin. He probably liked the person that sold him this idea. So we need to be the people who understand how this works so that we don't place our trust where we shouldn't be placing our trust. And I think, yeah, I, I remember reading about especially uh, pop music, right? That's something you just mentioned is people are more willing to appreciate and share songs that follow a certain pattern that is comfortable for them, which they've heard before. So like every time or every season, there's a certain sound that people are comfortable with. And that becomes the biggest hits because they sound, as you said, I think it breaks through the threat barrier going, this is different. This is new. This uh, kind of challenges my, um, my, my, my uh, sense of taste. But it's something like, oh, I've heard this before. It sounds like that song by Kaigo and every other song starts sounding the same. And next in the top 40 sounds like one song, you know, but this this point you make, which I find, um, you know, I think quite fascinating because it's very empowering as well that an individual can um, can kind of find his or her potential to certain to certain levels where they, if they have the right message or if they have the right intention, can actually um, do good and be, be be a force of change as opposed to waiting from a top down approach, but. Contrary to that, like, for instance, you see this from, you know, Tom Brady to every celebrity to even micro celebrities, if that's a word, where today they're, you know, they're kind of promoting, you know, say a protein shake and tomorrow they're promoting like a, I don't know, like an electric trimmer or something. So the thing is that <laughs> it's so it's so vast and it's clearly after a point not based on principles in many cases, but it's just based on who's approaching them with the next highest deal. Um, what does that kind of um, create uh, when it comes to, I wouldn't say we spoke about influence and we spoke about the trust aspect, but what does that create for a um, an ecosystem, if you want to call it, for consumer behavior? Mm. Well, if you think about it, prior to mass market advertising, mm. What we used to buy was what other people who we believed in, in our community, told us was working for them. Yeah. The, the difference today is that we're, 
we believe we have a relationship with celebrities. So mm. we have developed this this idea that we can trust them, that they're they're part of our community. We, people actually have these kind of feelings towards celebrities. Um, so it's it's kind of like going back to the past that way, right? Is that yeah. we're looking to other people to inform us about what works and what doesn't in their life, so that we can then use that as a, as a guide for what we can trust and what will work for us in in our life and what has value in our life. So we're going to see more and more and more of this. Uh, the, the genie's out of the bottle now. This is not, this is not going back in. Uh, yeah, this whole idea of um, popularity and celebrity becoming, becoming brands. Now, right. how, far, how far is that going to go? And this is, not, this is not new. You know this. I mean, think about yeah. back, in the, back in the infomercial days, the George Foreman grill. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, they found this guy, George Foreman. He liked to grill. It made sense that, you know, look at the guy. It looks like he eats something off a George Foreman grill. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but it's believable, right? Uh, it's Tom, like, believable. Exactly right. I mean, if he exactly. sells tampons, I'm going to be like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So, yeah, look, it has to. The believability part of it and the trust part of it is is. It's very precarious. So it's up mm. to these celebrities to, like you said, to have integrity. Mm. I mean, if you're going to promote something, if you're going to promote a mattress, yeah. you better be sleeping on that mattress. And it, yeah. it had better actually be working for you. Yeah. Because the day that you lose people's trust, you don't get it back right away. Mm. Right? It's like people say, oh, okay, if he told me this about this, then he's probably telling me the same thing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's an important it's an important aspect of of influence is. Is it is it real to your point? Yeah. Is it believable? And it's that's a hard thing to parse out. Because so, again, there's a word thrown around called authentic. Everyone's like authenticity. But it clearly seems like, you know, sorry, just want to add to this point. No, is that you said that a lot of the things is a, is a perceived sense of what I might know of a celebrity, but it's clearly a a, a certain um character or a certain persona they're wrapping themselves with for the public to make them uh, connect with them. So the whole premise is not based on authenticity, right? So it kind of seems uh, like contrary to what authenticity is, this whole relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough word. Um, because people think that when someone's being authentic, that that's their true self that's coming out, but what does that even mean? Mm. It's, it's the, is, is their true self be, being a, 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 a sponsor of a particular product? You know, no, they're, they're, they're doing a dance. They're doing a performance. Mm. So, so my question would be, is this something that even makes sense to me? For example, if Tom Brady is going to endorse his protein drink, mm. That kind of makes sense to me. Right? Yeah, Here's a guy yeah. playing professional sports in his 40s at, at an elite level. Okay, yeah. maybe that makes sense. Yeah. But if he's going to promote uh, an umbrella for my deck, I'm going to look at that and say, now, why do I care what Tom Brady's saying about umbrellas for the yeah. deck? It doesn't even make sense. There's no connection. So I think it's important to have a connection between the personality and, and what it is they're actually using because we're hoping that they're using these things 
that they're speaking yeah. about. I think it just adds a little more weight to the product, right? Like if Messi is selling like uh, football boots, you're like, hey, you know what? They put some science into the study of making those shoes so good that he plays. And of course, it's not going to make me a Messi, uh, but it's going to, you know, give me the best football boots on the market. But as you just said, you know, or, or, or is it just that, you know, sometimes there's a wow factor, right? Like buying uh, like Ferrari sunglasses. <laughs> I know you can't afford the car, so buy the sunglasses. But <laughs> I mean, there is a sense of like, I own a part of this brand, which in some ways might not be attainable. And I want to go down um, into this space of brands because I think it really ties into this place we are in this uh, right now today. So you mentioned something interesting where you say you don't ask people to look at themselves and work on self-improvement, but you kind of say, this is what I have and how can I package that to present that to the world, right? And that kind of ties in with what we just spoke about with the celebrities or influencers or whatever they, they, that space they're in is they're creating a story for public consumption and uh, how, how much of their real self is in it. I, I don't know. And maybe if you do, it'd be good to hear from you, but now in a world where everyone's told that they can become famous, where everyone's in the world told that they can be the next Instagram or TikTok hero or heroine, um, what, what is, um, I think the question I maybe is, everyone's trying to strive for, you know, self-improvement and becoming a better version of themselves and peak performance. You hear all these things, but how, how much of that is important versus recognizing uh, and recognizing what you have and accepting what you don't have. Yeah. The idea that by displaying uh, brands, by achieving a celebrity, by uh, achieving a particular goal somewhere out into the future, that you're then going to be uh, happy, satisfied, okay, comfortable, that, that is a flawed idea. And, and why no one understands that is the biggest puzzle to me. Mm. Because if you watch all the documentaries about all the celebrities that did achieve this high level of notoriety and success and financial success and celebrity status, and they, and they all melted down and they weren't happy and they weren't satisfied, then you should, you should discover finally that, well, then that cannot be the path. But we're being sold this idea that it is the path by people, again, that want to benefit from whatever it is that they're offering us to help us get there. Again, it's this whole idea that if we can tap into what people desire and we can show them that what we have will help them achieve that, then we will benefit. And now again, hopefully they will benefit. Yeah. But if you look at the majority of people that tap into this, they don't benefit because they don't achieve that celebrity status that they're looking for because it was an illusion to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's part of what I say that what I'm talking about when I say that we both have to understand what the dance is here. On the other hand, if, if you say to me, hey, Tom, I can help you become a better singer. And you're up front with me and you say to me, 
However, if you think because of this, you're going to be on American Idol and you're going to get the next big record contract and you're going to become a multimillionaire and then you're going to live happily ever after, you're making a big mistake. That's not why you want to work with me. You want to work with me because there's something in you that wants to come out through your voice. I can help you do that for your own personal self-benefit, for your own creativity, for your own love of the art. Work with me for that. But what happens is they, they try to tap into this other desire to try to, to try to make you think, oh, yeah, you can become this, you can become that. And that, that's, where, that, that's where the whole thing goes off the rails because it's just mm. not true. It's not true. Yeah, because as you said, you know, there are um, a lot of situations where this is the case, where people really want to do it for the joy of expressing what they really love, right? Maybe through music, maybe through um, art, or maybe through community. Anything, and, right? Anything. Uh, cooking, uh, cooking, uh, charitable work, yeah. wh- whatever it is that's in you that wants out, there are people everywhere that can help you do that. Mm. It's when they start selling you this, this Hollywood version of Happily Ever After, mm. That's when you have to stop and say, okay, time out, time out. I know what the game is here. I know what they're doing. It's not true. So, you know, but that's not what people do. They, they buy into it. So as you said, it's an illusion, right? Um, yeah. But when you're surrounded by the illusion and when the illusion has so much grip on and presence within all the mediums you're engaging on, whether it's your phone, your computer, your television, it's these um, various kinds of illusions, right? I mean, they're kind of all interconnected in some way of uh, this, this celebrity endorsing a product or endorsing a certain way of life. Or if you go on more personalized channels, it's like, hey, I flew on this particular thing. I flew to this exotic island. I lived on this kind of, I lived in this experience for a few days. And then the message keeps getting repeated. While, of course, um, you know, there are people who are smart enough to know, hey, it doesn't end well. Why are many of these people in rehab uh, <laughs> when they have so much, right? But yeah, it's, it's, it's like taking a step forward, but being dragged back three steps, you know? So since someone like you works with individuals, uh, I want to ask you, what kind of person um, comes to you? And in what state do they approach you? Most people that approach me are people that are high achievers that have been on this journey where, where they believe that there is a a hap- happily ever after place. Mm-hmm. A- and they're starting to wake up to the fact that that was an illusion. And right. so they're, tr- and they're trying to understand what happened, how they got kind of hypnotized into the process. Mm. And they're waking up to the fact that life is passing them by. And they, this, look, you know this because you're, you're in media, you understand media these people that we see that we think are happy media celebrities, whether it's YouTube celebrities or it doesn't matter what it is, television, to try to really put yourself in their shoes, which they never show you. And you know this, Mm. to continually wake up every morning and to chase attention, that that is a grinding way to live. Right. 
It really is. Think about it. To get up every imagine that you're an anchor at some at, at some popular show on on television and you have to get up at four in the morning, read the read the script that you're going to be working with, get dressed up, shave, get in the car, head to the studio to start filming at six AM. And you have to do that morning after morning after morning after morning. Mm. If you don't enjoy that, what are you doing? Yeah. If you're not enjoying what you do each day, what I, I don't understand. Life is supposed to be enjoyed, yeah. but that's not what people are doing. And that's who the people that come to me are the ones that say, you know what? I'm not getting up and enjoying life. I'm getting up and doing things so that someday in the future I can enjoy my life. That's mm. the hypnosis. That's the illusion. You're missing living your life now. You know, just this morning, I was having a talk with a friend and we were talking about something very similar where, you know, I was, I was just talking about about five years, six years back, I had a job, which I, I've never had a, like been hired by a, by, a, by a company, right? I've been pretty much doing stand up solo and I kind of get gigs and then I move on to the next show. I don't get shows. And it's a very cyclical thing where you have some months are good, some months are bad. But then I got this radio offer for about you know, it ended up being a almost year and a few months. And exactly what happened, like the, it was a steady income. It was pretty decent money where I could like, you know, my wife and I moved to our own place. Uh, and as a result, I thought when I have more steady income, it'll be a better life, but it ended up becoming a life where no regrets, but it wasn't, it was quite a lot of turmoil. And I was waking up and not enjoying looking forward to the show, which I was doing. But versus today, I don't have a steady income from a job, but I wake up excited about the day. And it's right. very strange, you know, because you would think, and I'm just giving this example because it kind of captures what you just said. It's not that, you know, I have a lot to put down on a resume. Like if you ask me, what are you doing nowadays? I mean, I'm like, you, you need to seem like you're full up on your calendar, but I'm not. But what I do end up doing, I really enjoy do uh, enjoy doing, which is very hard to quantify to someone because someone the other day is like, what are you doing nowadays? I'm like, uh, just do a podcast. And <laughs> I go to the driving range, hit some golf balls and I spend time with my 11 month old baby. And you, you say it like, oh shit, I'm not doing much, but actually it's such a lot in there, you know? Yeah. Well, you say hard to quantify. I mean, that, that's, that is what's wrong with what we're doing today is that we're measuring and quantifying and comparing mm. and you can't do, you can't do that with joy and love and beauty and passion and you can't quantify those things so yeah. that's why you say it's hard it's interesting that you brought that up I, I if you've ever watched the documentary um there's a documentary about the grateful dead and it's it's really interesting because you sounded right there like jerry garcia because jerry garcia he what he said he said that it was basically a blessing that he can play music and never he's never had a job not that he was rich. He didn't say it's a blessing that I'm rich and I and I have a mansion. He yeah. said it's a blessing that I'm enjoying my life and having fun. And I've never had a job. I've never had to work for anyone. That was the blessing of life. But we've 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 lost that because you're exactly right. What people do is we like to compare in our own minds what I have versus what I could have, what others have that I could have. And that just, that sucks the joy out of life. Absolutely. Because 
You know, I think uh, along the lines of what you just said with uh, what Jerry Garcia said in the documentary, someone else said, what is what does it mean to be wealthy, right? Or to, to that effect, what does it mean to be rich? Or what, what, what do you... What do you get when you're wealthy? And I think the answer was, I, I am in control of my own time. I'm not answerable to um, a certain schedule. I get to choose what to do, when to do. And these are, I mean, does it need a lot of money and a lot of, you know, huge amounts of achievement to realize that? Clearly, some people do. But imagine you can wake up and do what you'd want to do when you want to do it. That's that's liberating, right? And for a person who, as you said, wakes up at four, goes into a script reading, puts on makeup and has to be on screen at six. It's, it's, it's glorious not to have that, right? In some way. Right. No, you're exactly right. Freedom, freedom is doing, is doing what you want to do. I think it was Bob Dylan said that, that, that success is uh, going to bed at night, getting up in the morning and in between doing what you want to do. That's, that's what it is. What people don't understand is that people will uh, say to me, <laughs> it, it's almost like a, uh, like a little paradox or a koan, is that I tell people that I don't do anything that I don't want to do. And people mm. will say to me, that's a lie. Everyone does things they don't want to do. Mm. And, I, and I will look at them and I'll say, no, you're missing the point here. If you're doing something, unless someone's holding a gun to your head, you want to do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So the person that's getting up at four in the morning and putting on the makeup and going into the studio, they want to do it. Otherwise, yeah. they would find something else to do. The question is, why do you want to do the things you're doing? Is yeah. it because somehow you've been conditioned to believe that you should do it, that you have to do it, that it's necessary to do it? And in most cases, that's what it is. We have been led to believe that, you know, we're not going to be okay if we don't do this. If we don't accumulate a certain amount of wealth, then, you know, we're, we're going to just suffer in poverty. And it, that, it's just not true. That's another illusion that, that mm. our society has created and imposed on people. And I think it's getting worse, honestly. Because there's worse. the sense of people... Uh... I, I, in 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 the in, in the kind of pursuit of accumulating more to kind of signal to their surrounding groups of people or that I have more I've made it what they forget to do and as you said is they forget to live for themselves or for the freedom and as a result all these activities that lead to this hoarding accumulation ends up killing the body so when they do finally have everything they don't have their life because their health is bad their mental health their emotional health everything takes a beating right yeah i don't know if you've noticed this with people that are like that 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 aren't just free and flowing from their inner selves they seem to age a lot faster than other people you know mm. i've got a lot of friends that i look at and they and they look 20 years older than they should look yeah because they've been in this grind Right for 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 decades, uh, and and it takes a toll on the body when when you're resisting what's inside of you and want wants to flow through you. The other thing that I find really interesting is there doesn't seem to be a number that people achieve because I you know I know I have I have a lot of clients, a lot of friends that are very successful, and mm. I, and and it puzzles me that there isn't this number where people then feel 
like free as far as as far as money goes and well like finish line. <laughs> yeah, there's not there isn't one like, you yeah. know, you say, well, OK, maybe if they get to 15 million, they'll yeah. be able to do what they want to do. No. Once you get on this little ride, it seems to be impossible for people to get off. You know, mm. they can't just say, OK, I got enough now. Let me go live. There never seems to be enough because they they condition themselves to to believe that their value comes from getting more. And so if they stop getting more, then the it 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 ends. It's almost so the like amount a, is insignificant. It's almost like a drug. You need more and more and more because you feel that it's going to make you um, more whole or complete. I guess so. A bigger yacht. You know, this yacht is mm. not big enough. I, I'll need the the. I need something as big as Jeff Bezos's mm. yacht. I guess I don't know. I don't know what that is, but it's uh, it's not healthy. I can assure you, it's not mentally or physically healthy. And you know, the thing is, you work with this specific idea of putting someone in a situation where they can present their brand to the world, right? And you help them look at themselves look at what they really want to uh, present and what they want in some form, their purpose and how that is reflected. But when you hear the word brand, it's always not a negative connotation, but it's kind of taken with the idea of selling, with the idea of influence, not, not entirely bad, but it's this idea of convincing someone that they need to buy into this ideology or this, this concept. Uh, But you clearly are someone who believes that it's not, about falling for this illusion and it's not all, all about the, the rat race or accumulation of wealth and then projecting that to the community around you. You, you believe that it's about enjoying your, your existence, your life and what you do have and waking up and looking around and enjoying your freedom. So how do you uh, position this concept of a brand with an ideology and a philosophy that you do have? Uh, and how do you communicate that and make that work for people? Because that's something I'm finding very interesting. There are examples of organizations, companies, brands that the say the idea for whatever it is that someone wanted to share with the world, it, it came out in this passionate, uh, dare I say, authentic way. Mm. And, and the people that were doing it still feel that inside of them and and it comes across in what they do patagonia would be an example right of a brand right Right. so that exists what i'm trying to show other to show other organizations other people other companies is that that can come out of you as well Mm. that can come out of you how do you do that how do you bring what you're passionate about to life in a way that that would attract other people that are that are similarly interested in what you're passionate about. How mm. how do you go about doing that? Because if you can do that, then you benefit and they benefit and you grow together. The problem with brand that everyone needs to be aware of that that tries to do that is a brand is is an identity. So it is it is a a box, so to speak. Which means that it's going to be really difficult for you to leave that box. Yeah. Right? Because if you do that, people look at you and say, wait a minute, what's going on? I thought you were this. And now you're telling me you're that. So and that confuses, right? Mm-hmm. It, yes, it confuses people. You're right. They do, they do feel betrayed to an extent. 
and it, it happens, it happens with, um, athletes. Mm. I mean, watch what happens to, to, to great athletes when they approach retirement. A lot of them go through a crisis mm. because who they were is gone in their minds, that identity. And now they don't know who they are anymore. They're so they're so attached to their, whatever it is, their skill that their own identity is not even formed. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I'm saying that the people around them reinforce right. their, their specialness and their greatness, mm-hmm. right? And the minute now that you retire, well, who are you now? You're mm-hmm. no longer the, the star basketball player anymore. Mm-hmm. Who are you? And, they, and a lot of people struggle with that. Instead of seeing themselves and their organizations and their life as something that just lets out whatever their curiosity and their compassion to, 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 to make a difference in people's lives. Instead of just letting that out in whatever way that they want to let it out, they become solidified into this identity that says, this is who I am. This is who we, I must stay or who I must be. It creates this constraint around possibility. And there aren't many companies in the world that can really break that. I mean, the poster child for this is Amazon. Amazon, who is Amazon? Yeah. I mean, they, they are not uh, someone who sells books on the internet, right? Yeah. They do cloud service. They have Amazon Studios. They, they have so many different, uh, they, they're going into the, into the medical business. Yeah. Right? So, so you look at it and you say, well, then who, who is Amazon from, from an identity standpoint? And, and they have done something quite amazing. They have built a brand around trust, around trust, around the consumer, the ability that says, if I do this, I believe I'm getting the best deal that I can get for the value that I'm receiving. That's a very difficult thing to achieve. Most, most organizations can't pull that off. And that plays to a very... I think in essence, a very basic human need, right? Like, um, or I, you know, even like, as you said, like if you go to a store which sells your groceries and you trust that family on store, the next day they're like, hey, you know what? My son has decided to open up a pharmacy. So next week, like, yeah, we trust them. Let's get medicines there. Next thing, the 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 the, the, the daughter-in-law has opened up like a car showroom. You're like, I trust this. So, you, so next thing you know, everything is from that family. And that sounds like the Amazon model, right? Like you trust their best deals on online. And next thing you're getting the content from them, uh, which is again, driving you back. And next thing you're going to go to the moon with them because you're like, you know what? I at least get my exactly. packages delivered to the moon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yep. No. So it's, again, it's something, th- this whole idea of brand is something that you have to really be aware of what you're doing, h- how other people are perceiving the value exchange that you're providing, uh, your intentions, all of that goes into this in order to, to make something that's great and beneficial and full of passion and innovation and creativity, all of the things that the, the marketplace is really supposed to be about. Yeah. No, and that Patagonia story, really, I, I, I didn't read up more than what that just that one article said, but it just sounded quite quite, I mean, frankly, quite, um, quite an incredible uh, initiative, right? Like, I think he's created this fund where 
a lot of the percentage of the profits go into for, uh, you know, climate uh, restorative initiatives. And that's, and this kind of leads me to, you know, re- listening to someone else saying this, but as you get older, it gets, it, sh- it should be the practice or rather it can, it can help you with this practice of giving away more. So as you get older and closer to this undeniable thing that we're all going to die one day is to end up with less because that's when you actually are free, when you don't have attachment to all these things. And this seems like, you know, aligning with what this, I forget his name, the Patagonia guy he's doing. Um, so the thing is, it clearly is a brand that he started and he's a brand that now has changed. And in some ways, the product is still the same. He's giving adventures, adventure wear. But as the human experience changes for a person from your 20s to your 30s, or maybe life happens, right? You you win, you lose, you, 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 you're hurting sometimes, you're happy sometimes. How do you help someone uh, or rather, what do you tell someone who says, I'm not that brand anymore. I'm not that person anymore who reflects that brand. Um, and, and is it okay to change with that? Because clearly um, there is a need to be fluid. Oh, absolutely. No, there's not only a need to change or the feeling to change is, 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 is not the imperative. There, there is a need because the essence of life is change. Mm. and and growth and that that's what you're that's what you're trying to do that's what you're trying to help achieve for your people if you have an organization Mm. for for your your own self your inner self um it's all about that and the only way to do that is to look outside of yourself at the rest of the world at the at the community at the environment at your own people and realize that What's happening right now is not my life, my organization, my brand is not a vehicle to help people get someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vehicle to help people come alive right here, right now Mm. to, to become more curious, compassionate, creative through the process of what I am creating or helping them create that we're creating together. But that's not typically what's going on anymore. It's more about it's a vehicle to help other people accumulate, achieve, gain, get, not be. I think it's more about a process of being. Mm. That's what that's what it should really be about. Is what is what is happening in a moment? For example, th- there is no reason in the world that any organization should exist where the people that belong to the organization come to work and they're miserable, and then they go home. That doesn't even make any sense if you. Think yeah, about just it. a strange concept, right? Like you're you're digging your feet and going there just for this, this token of currency. Yeah. Well, you for, uh, see, it's people forgetting what the purpose is of bringing people together. Right. And and back to the Jerry Garcia thing. Why did they have a band to have fun, Mm. to enjoy being together, to enjoy the relationship, to create? And it's the same. It's the same for everybody. Why do it if we're not growing and enjoying it and having fun and making a difference and adding value? Why should we be doing this at all? And that's where we lose. We lose track of 
like I said, what, what, why are we doing what we do? And a lot of people lose track of that because they end up becoming hypnotized by some type of process in a, in a, in a, a process of accumulation, a process of go, getting someplace. Mm. It, it, it's, it's, a, um, it's difficult for people to articulate because you can ask them, where are they going? Where do they think they're going to arrive at? And they can't really articulate it. It's subconscious. But they believe they're on their way to someplace better where they're going to finally be that person that they want to be and have that life that they want to have. Has anyone had that? Has anyone ever achieved it? Because <laughs> it seems like everyone wants it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, most of the people that I know live it. Mm. The, the people, if you, if you ask like, if you ask Warren Buffett, why, why are you doing what you're doing? He would never say so that I can get to this place out here where I have X amount of dollars and then I'll be able to have this and live this. No, this is not, this is not why he's doing it. He's doing it because he likes doing it. Mm. He enjoys it, you know? So those are the people you look at and you say, wow, you know, Bob Dylan, why why are you writing songs and playing music? Because I want to. Mm. I like I like doing it. Yeah. So th- those are the people that we should really aspire to be like. Uh, but someone can that, argue, oh, they have the money. But there no, are. He people- didn't have the money. No, no, no. None of these people started with the money. Yeah. Right. No, they didn't do. They Bob Dylan didn't say. You know, this is a real grind getting up every day and writing songs and, and grabbing my guitar and going down to, and playing at these little, at little venues. This is a real grind, but I'm going to keep grinding because someday I'm going to... Ha- no! Yeah. No, he started... I love doing this. Mm. That's why I'm going to do it because I like it. Now, if the marketplace then sees what you're doing and finds value in it, that's the connection that you're trying to make. Yeah, it's yeah. like okay, I'm getting value out of the thing that you love. You're somehow bringing me to life in a way that makes me want to X, Y, and Z, whatever, whatever it is that turns you on. Now you you found it. Now, now the dance is working. Yeah, but it seems like now it's the 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 the, the formula is working the other way around, right? Exactly right. Mm. It's exactly right. We flipped it somehow. We kind of see what is needed. And instead of giving what you can, you kind of try to create this perfect recipe of what people want. And as a result, yeah, it's it's very strange because, yeah, the Bob Dylan example or someone even creating um, what they envision as a solution for, or to better s- human life. It's It's so amazing how the ideas are much better when it comes because you want to create it versus, oh, this is what the algorithm says. You know, if you put this kind of content, it'll resonate <laughs> with an audience. It just seems so mediocre. No, not just that, but think about what you just said, which is really interesting. Let's say that you are doing these things where you're, where you're trying to figure out what the audience wants, Yeah. right? So you're doing all of these different things to figure it out. And by the way, those things that you're doing, you don't really enjoy them. They're yeah. not what turn you on when you get up in the morning. Yeah. 
And so you find this thing and it, it connects. Okay, now what do you have to do? Now you have to spend the rest of your life doing something you don't like doing because it connects. Mm. Do, you, do you see the mismatch? Yeah. So now you're doing something that's a grind that you don't really want to do, but you figured out that it works. So, you, so this is what we're doing. We're, we're discovering what works and we're doing more and more of it, even though we don't enjoy doing it. Would that's, you, yeah, <laughs> I know. And that's something which I'm really interested about. I don't sound critical about everything that's happening in the world today, but do you feel in the pursuit of virality, we are okay with mediocrity? Hmm. I don't think, well, see, this is the interesting thing. A, a lot of what you see that's, that's viral is not mediocre. It, 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 in order for it to spread, there has to be something in there that connects with people. Mm. It's just that it's, it's not coming. It doesn't seem uh, most of it to be coming from anyone's essence. So it's not, it's not something that is typically sustainable. Mm. So like, okay, you, you figured something out and, and it went viral. And now what are you going to do tomorrow morning? Are you going to do more of, of, did it come from you? Is it, it's just more of you. No, you're going to replicate. You're going to replicate. Right. Or try to right. replicate. Or, yeah. or are you, are you looking for a model? Something that, that you're going to, it, it's kind of like those, uh, it's kind of like a painting. Yeah. Right. You know, these paintings, you can, you can buy a beautiful painting that's done in a factory yeah. by people. Right. And, and, but it's not coming from them. Yeah. It's not coming from their essence. And so the value of it is, is diminished. The template basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the template. Right. So it may spread, but what it is, is not value valuable in and of itself. And that's stress-inducing, right? Because you're, re you're, you're trying to get that, that, again, oh, I want the hit of going viral. But you don't know what worked. <laughs> because no, this, this, I would not want to get up every day and, and have to let my mind deal with my life that way. Mm. Where I get up and now I feel anxious. What is it that's going to work today? And let me let me work, you know, do this thing, whatever it is, whether I enjoy it or not, and let me make sure that it works and then go to bed at night worrying, is it going to work and then get up the next day and do that again. That to me is torture. It's, it's, it's very, very um, draining. As opposed to getting up in the morning and having something inside of you that wants out. And you say, yeah, let me get those lyrics down on a piece of paper and let me, let me strum a few chords and let me, you know, whatever it is that, that the universe wants to spill out of you, that's where you get up in the morning. Like you said, you get up in the morning, you feel energy flowing mm -hmm. through you to go out into the world and create and connect and, and make a difference. And not the dread of, oh my God, did that video I post last night, how many likes did it get? How many views did it get? That's... It's, it's, it actually is a form of dread, right? Like you feel like, oh my God, I failed. And that's such a horrible feeling to wake up because it's technically not failed. You just have woken up with this illusion that you've set up for yourself, which is not even real because it's a world that 
you know, is of course being given more importance than the reality of waking up with the energy, as you said, or the finding the expression that flows through you. And I, I just feel really overwhelmed, you know, when these things happen, because it's, it's of course, a lot of positives out of it, like connectivity and information and technology. But these kind of illusions are gripping and grabbing us more and um, in some way blinding us. Oh, absolutely. Imagine for a minute if, if these technologies existed hundreds of years ago, right? Van Gogh would have stopped painting because he wouldn't, he wouldn't have gotten any likes. Nietzsche would have stopped writing. He would have been canceled. Because, <laughs> right, because yeah, he'd have been canceled. His Amazon sales would have been slow, low. He wouldn't have written another book. Yeah. The, the, this is what would have happened if, if our artistic, creative, childlike inspiration somehow gets regulated by what we think other people think about us or feel about us. Or should or shouldn't say about. What I, yeah, what I should and shouldn't say. All of this idea that we're being watched, and, and, I'm, and I'm noticing a lot of younger people feeling this intensely, that they, they're observing themselves participating in life as if it's some kind of performance, as opposed to just living life. They feel that they're being watched all the time, that they're being judged and looked at, and that they need to perform. But... <laughs> And I agree with you. I think that that's, uh, that's just something you said at the beginning of the podcast, right? Is this idea of, um, you know, the, the, the sense that we are all in this, this, this situation where we, we, we want to influence and be influenced. But, and that's what I kind of was looking at. And you, and you mentioned, right, this, this, this uh, concept where we, if we see enough of it, we get comfortable with it. It seems like there's no, uh, while the, the, the polarization is there on extremes with views and ideologies, it feels with the material you want to consume, it's all, for that particular group, it's all comfortable consumption. There's nothing that is um, rewiring us, going, whoa, what is that? Like all the music starting to sound kind of weaving into this. I'm, I'm not generalizing saying all, I take that back, but there is a lot more, familiarity. And as a result, I think people don't want to break and go against the grain of familiarity in all aspects of creativity. Um, and, and, and again, I, I don't mean all as in. All no, no, no. Your, your, your perceptions are, are, are exactly right. And here's the paradox. Here's the interesting part of that. Because it all looks and feels the same, which makes you think that that's the way it should be. That's what your brain is thinking. So if you go on YouTube and you pull up like just videos, uh, music videos of uh, just recent ones, recent songs, performances, what you're going to find are beautiful people singing perfectly. Every, vid every other video on YouTube is someone beautiful, uh, you know, that, that looks like they just won some pageant, beauty pageant, singing perfectly some song. Mm. So this is so the brain for these people that are creating their brain is saying that's that's what needs. This is what I should do yeah. because the familiar is is comfortable and is safe. This is what I should do. And so the person who lacks that kind of beauty, that lacks that kind of voice. They start feeling like, well, 
who am I? I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. Even though this is inside of me, I, I can't let it out. Look at, look at what's out there. And what they're missing is we don't get stopped anymore by the beautiful people singing the perfect songs with the perfect voices because it's all the same. The only thing that attracts our attention is something that's different, is something that stops us in our tracks and makes us say, wow, that is interesting. That is different. That's unusual. So that's the, that's the tension. The tension is your brain sees what's going on out there and it says, I need to be like this because that's the way it's done. This is comfortable. People accept this. But the only thing that really attracts someone is when they're blown away by something different. I mean, you cannot say that Bob Dylan is a good-looking guy, nor he has, nor does he have a great singing voice. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He won the Nobel Prize in literature for his, for his songwriting. So you have to let what's in you out, and the marketplace will judge. You don't need to be out there trying to figure it out. You need to allow your insides to come out and then let the marketplace decide what it wants. That's not your job. Nice. Well said. And, you know, you're constantly dealing, dealing with so many people. And I just want to wind up with this because I think you put yourself out there for people and you're dealing with so many various kinds of requests for help and personal to organizational level of help. How do you keep yourself centered? Well, most importantly, and, you know, I mentioned this a few times, you need to understand how things work. So once you understand how the human mind works, how the marketplace works, what people's desires and intentions are, it's really easy when you speak to someone. It, it, it takes you no time at all to understand who is this person, what are their intentions, what, 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 is their, what are their values. You see this, and then you get to choose who you want to work with. And the good news about that choice is that if they have a a passion inside of them and they're driven by something inside of them, that typically turns you on as well in the process as opposed, as opposed to, and, and, and look, they're, they're my friends. There are a lot of people out there, advisors and consultants that have burnt out because they're dealing with people who basically burn them out. Because mm-hmm. those people don't have any internal energy either. It it's all it's it it's all in service of accumulate more, 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 more. So yeah, it's it's understanding how it works and then making choices. Mm-hmm. Not based on not based on your own sense of I want to accumulate and get, but your sense of what brings me alive as well. Does this person and what they're up to bring me alive? Yes, it does. It doesn't matter if it's one person or if it's a company with 100,000 people. If it brings you alive, then go with it. Go with that internal feeling. I think that's so important to hear for people because I think in a world where everything is not making as much sense, I think this is a new kind of rapport we can build with fellow human beings. And it doesn't always mean that when you think corporate, when you think brand, when you think influence, it has to be a profitable, materialistic outcome achievement based system, but it can be 
um, a mutual benefit of a, a, a form of trust and a form of being and feeling alive with each other. And I think uh, that's brilliant. Well, um, you know, I think it's really nice. And thanks for sharing whatever you have done with people in the past and the message you kind of help people with and um, really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Well, th- thank you, Sandeep. I've really enjoyed it. It was really, yeah, I think it's really good for me to hear this and for everyone listening as well, just to get a sense of, uh, you don't have to be in either extreme, but you can kind of take your your essence and kind of fit it into it and not uh, say, oh, what's my marketing approach? What's my social media strategy? But just say, what, what? how do I enjoy living? And there'll be some place where that coincides with other human beings who connect with you. Exactly right. Exactly right. Live from the inside out and and then bring it to life for the benefit of the people that you want to play with, participate with. Fantastic. Tom, so, Tom, if, if people want to follow your work and access your reading material, your books, where can they find you and where can they head over? Well, if they Google my name, Tom Asaker, the, the last name is spelled A-S-A-C-K-E-R, mm-hmm. or my website is TomAsaker.com. They'll find everything that they need to know. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, taking the time and uh, sharing your experiences, your your. I think your your dedication for what you do comes out through what you say and you know I really appreciate that. I appreciate it. Thank you very much Sandeep. Thank thank you Tom. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.